There are a million ways to make money in the food service industry. You just have to find one. On the Titans of Food Service podcast, I interview real life movers and shakers in the food game who cut through all the noise to get to the top. My name is Nick Portillo and welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. Let's jump right into it. Welcome back to another episode of Titans of Food Service. I'm your host, Nick Portillo. And today I sit down with a true luminary of the industry. Joining me is none other than Porter Hinton, the highly accomplished Chief Operating Officer of Canteen. In this episode, we indulge our curiosity and gain unprecedented insights into the world of food service leadership. Porter is not only a seasoned veteran, but also an inspiring leader who has scaled the ranks to become a COO. We'll dive deep into the journey that led him to this role, explore the nuances of his day-to-day life, and extract valuable lessons that can benefit anyone aspiring to thrive in the dynamic food service arena. The path to becoming a chief operating officer in a company as prominent as Canteen is undoubtedly paved with dedication, hard work, and a passion for excellence. Porter has graciously agreed to share the wisdom he's gained from his impressive career, making this episode a must-listen for anyone with a keen interest in the food service industry. Whether you're a seasoned professional looking to sharpen your skills or an aspiring leader seeking inspiration, this episode promises to be a feast for the mind and the soul. Let's go ahead and welcome Porter. Porter, welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and meet with me, share your journey in the food industry, what you're up to, what your day-to-day looks like. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. Of course, of course. So what I typically like to do is start off with, how did you get into the food industry? Wow, how did I get in this? Well, I like food. I mean, okay. starters. <laughs> That's a good start. Uh, but my yeah, it is a great start, right? Yeah. Uh, my background is not in food service. I, my undergraduate degree is in accounting, and I have my master's in business. And I started out um, with a couple other companies before Compass Group, but but they don't matter in, for this conversation. And so I started with Compass twenty five years ago as a financial analyst. So I really cut my teeth in accounting and finance, and then I. I mean, back then in the the '98, I believe it was Compass was just going crazy. They they had moved yeah. here from the UK in '93, I believe, and so I moved around a lot in the finance side of things. I ended up at Canteen. I would say that was maybe 20 years ago as a controller okay. in Charlotte, and then I relocated as a regional controller to Florida, and then I relocated to the Baltimore DC area as a division controller. And then about 15 years ago, I was fortunate enough to jump into operations as an RVP. And then 11 years ago, uh, got the position as a division president in the Midwest for Canteen. And then six months ago, became the COO for Canteen. Wow. So yeah, 25 years with the company, 10 different jobs. I, I can't figure out if nobody likes me or if I just like to move around a lot. I don't know. Four <laughs> relocations in the last 25 years. Yeah, that's quite a few for sure. <laughs> what do you think it's been that you've been able to continually move up in the company? Well, growth, you know, certainly growth. We're a very yeah. acquisitive company, right? Like we, we acquire a lot of other companies and I enjoyed doing that when I was on the accounting and finance side. But for me personally, I didn't 
I don't think I have the personality of an accountant. That's why I didn't get my CPA. I have a lot of respect for CPAs. We need them, yeah. desperately need them. And uh, But I'm not one. And so that's why I ended up getting my master's in business. And I just enjoyed And I saw opportunities. I mean, my, my thing was always... I never had my sights on... I want to be this title or I want to be this. I always wanted to create value for myself, my family, and and for the organization. And wherever that may be is is kind of where I would end up and met a lot of good, supportive folks along the way. Yeah, I'm sure. That's awesome. And maybe a little background for the people listening along. What does your company do? Yeah, so I'm with Canteen. I'm the yeah. COO for Canteen. Um, Canteen is an unattended retail. And basically what that means is vending, micro markets, office coffee, coffee in the hospitality environment, pantry business, as well as we do some um, contractual dining. We're part of Compass Group. And yeah. as the name implied, Group, it's a, it's a family of companies. We call them sectors. So uh, Canteen's unique in a sense is that we do business with pretty much all the sectors within Compass. Okay. Uh, and we touch all the different industries. Canteen has been around since 1929. And that's how Compass came to the US is by acquiring it in 93. Um, and then just growth from there, it, you know, took off with all the other different sectors and yeah. business lines. And Canteen, all those business lines I told you about for Canteen, that that sums up to about 3.5 billion in annualized revenue. Wow. So we're coast to coast. So Canteen is 3.5 billion. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, and how big is Compass in total? I'm probably going to get this wrong, but 27, I believe. Wow. Publicly billion. traded or private? It is publicly traded in the UK. So okay. uh, we're a UK-based company. Yeah. Our North American headquarters are here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So for Canteen, do you oversee operations here and overseas? No, just in the US. Uh, just in the US. They don't have canteen overseas. They may have something, but it's called something different. Yeah, canteen is here in the uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting when I have people come on and you know they talk about that they do business here in the U.S. and then abroad mm-hmm. and how it's you know it's uniquely different anywhere you go, Very. even country by country. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. But all of that volume is here in the U.S. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And what are the other the other groups within uh, Compass? What do they mm-hmm. do? So you have your rest. Uh, your rest does what we call BNI business and industry, so more your workplace environment for um, dining solutions. Um, we have Bon Appetit, which is um, also in that space, but but they do a lot with the tech companies and things like that. Yeah, um, very high level service with Bon Appetit. Restaurant Associates, Flick, kind of in the same space. Then we have Morrison, who is over um, healthcare, along with Touchpoint, Chartwells. Is, has two. They do K through twelve dining, and then they do um, dining for higher education as well. We have Wolfgang Put. I'm not going to get. You're going to test me on all 27 sectors. I'm not going to get them all right. <laughs> and, and I'm going to further confuse you. We also have uh, non food stuff. Uh, Got it. Where we where we do cleaning and things like that. That's. I mean, that's impressive. How many different yeah. segments that Compass is in for sure. It is impressive. We like to to think that we're everywhere. Um, that you want to be and like to be um, is, is kind of our, our thing. And who do you report into? The CEO of Compass or is there a CEO of Canteen? Yep. So we have a, a CEO of Canteen. Okay. Uh, his name is Eric Schneider. I report into him. And then we have a, a CFO, uh, Chief Marketing Officer, Chief Strategy Officer, uh, Director of HR, the whole nine yards. We 
We are dependent on Compass Group, but we operate very independently. All of the sectors do. We have a lot of autonomy within the group. And then what does your daily roles and responsibilities look like? Well, that might change. Whatever answer I give you today is probably going to change tomorrow. So I'll start (laughs) with a a big picture and kind of nail it down to, to the day. Um, you know, obviously, I oversee the day-to-day operations uh, throughout the, the the country. I work with the other executives and collaborate with them on developing and executing um, you know, the strategy and long-term goals as well. And then play a key role in developing um, our corporate culture uh, with our folks. Work with our clients a lot. From this, I collaborate with our sales team. Okay. On the front end. And then I stay with the client and then we, um, I work with them on developing the best customer experience that we can. God. And then, and of who- course, with the associates, talk to as many associates as I possibly can. They're the, they're the backbone of our organization. Sure. And who are your clients? All the Fortune 500. I mean, we, we, whether it's a business and industry setting, yep. whether it's a hospital, whether it's a prison, whether it's a school, a public setting, you know, um, anywhere. Anywhere people like to eat. Got it. So your sales team is taxed with going out and finding these uh, Fortune 500 companies and then That's getting right. them signed up with Canteen. That's right. Mm-hmm. And any of the business lines, whether it's coffee, vending, or micro-markets. Micro-markets are our largest segment. Okay. Um, and um, coffee and all that stuff. Yeah, they go find that. And within Canteen, how many employees are there? Uh, 13,500. And That's, growing. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a lot. So, so when when you talk about uh, you know company culture, how do you what kind of culture are you trying to instill and then how do you do that with that many employees? I mean, simply put, we want them to be happy, right? Like yeah. like I think for for me, I never liked the term it's just it's not personal, it's just business. So we spend way way too much time at, at work for it not to be personal, right? Way too much time away from our families. And so we recognize that with our associates as well. I mean, our, our business is, is we feed people, but somehow it's complicated. And so it's tough. And so around safety, we're big on safety. We, we Safety is a... De- right before I got on with you, I was um, talking, meeting with our uh, director of safety and collaborating on how we can do better and come up with different things around that. We want to make sure our associates come home safe we want to make sure every single voice is heard uh, within the organization. We do a lot of surveys with that. I travel quite a bit. Uh, you caught me on an office day today, which is good. Yeah. But And in our travels, whether it's me or whether it's Eric or CEO or anybody from the corporate office, we always go into the warehouse. We talk as many people as we possibly can with our associates. It's always our associates first. Yeah. And typically, let's say you bring on a new Fortune 500 company. Are the mm-hmm. employees that work within the dining, is that canteen employees or are they mm-hmm. employees of that company? Our employees, we do the service. Yeah, so it's a, we're a service. Yeah. And so um, we look what the client needs are. Depending on the dining they have, we'll partner with your rest, Bon Appetit, Restaurant Associates, whoever, we partner with them. And then we do all the unattended stuff within that. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot to manage, man. That's that's. That, I mean, <laughs> I we, we've got a, I don't know if we haven't figured out to be honest, but I I think that we're doing pretty good. We've had some successful. You take the COVID years out of it, we've been very successful. Yeah, and I think it just speaks to all thirteen thousand five hundred associates. I mean, every single one of them, and then we have a very strong, uh, tenured um, executive leadership team. 
Yeah. Tell me about COVID. What did that look like for you? I know for the food service industry in general, it was tough, but I'm curious Mm -hmm. on your size scale, what that looked like. We were, so we're above COVID sales now. So pre-COVID sales were, were above. We got by business line, our coffee line across the industry. The numbers I'm giving you for Canteen are going to be industry specific as well. Yeah, Cant- uh, Coffee was decimated. I mean, that that yeah. was probably 20 to 30%, if that, of pre-COVID volume. Our micro markets were cut to probably about 60 to 70% of pre-COVID. Uh, and then vending about half, uh, dining anywhere from 30 to 50% and half. And so what... What kept some of those numbers afloat were the distribution um, centers, as well as some of the uh, the blue collar areas. I kept us afloat. Yeah, yeah. all the the white collar, the business settings in cities like New York, Chicago, L.A., D.C., Baltimore, they were all closed, and we're just now starting to see some kind of return to office. We've been seeing it for the last year and a half, yeah. but companies are starting to get a little bit. I guess a little bit more aggressive on the return to office. Yeah, you see that in the news for sure of companies bringing yeah. back their employees. You know, here in California, where I am, it was very common for for all the different industries. People had a job, then they went virtual, and then they mm-hmm. said, "You know what? The cost of living in another state is less. I'm going to go there, work virtually <laughs> there." Um, you know, and sometimes those companies don't bring those people back right. into the Te- office. Yeah, Texas is. Uh... I think a lot of them went, which which happens to be one of the fastest growing areas for us. Yeah, yeah, I believe. It. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a lot of companies going into Texas, and you know, every state has their own advantages and disadvantages, I suppose, of doing business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What about now, here, present day, in 2023? What are some of the opportunities and challenges that you're faced with? Yeah, I think you know, obviously, we're a very competitive industry. Yeah, um, that that's going to be um, challenge number one. So I think there's external and internal challenges. The internal challenges would be the hiring of folks. We, like every other company out there, we we took a step back with our number of employees. Then we had to um, hire them a lot of them back uh, after COVID, and they they just weren't there. And so we have some labor shortages. They're better. It's better now. Yeah. Uh, but it's spotty around the country. I would say some areas a lot worse than others. Uh, and some areas is great. We're, we're doing good. So we have some of those challenges. Externally, we're always up against some of the regulations, right? Like like some of the, the laws that each state or county or city may have with that. And then as far as uh, inflation, obviously, is a mass. I, mean, I didn't mean to, to, to lose sight of that. That is a daily yes, I'm uh, sure. struggle. Uh, you're in the food business, right? So you yep. get it completely. Uh, inflation over the last two years has been headline news and front and center yeah. every single day. And so for us, how do we manage that as well as price our, our, our clients as well uh, with that, pass that along is, is very difficult to manage. And then there's lots of opportunities too. I mean, we're, we like to pride ourselves on being very innovative. And I think the industry in general is innovative, mm-hmm. uh, but there's lots of good innovation that's coming out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. When it comes to your competition, do you have, is there quite a bit of competition in this space? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, given our size, we never want to take a, the stance that just because of our size, we're the best. That, that's absolutely not true. Right. Uh, there are some 
really, really strong, good operators uh, at the local level. I mean, I'm thinking of a few off the top of my head that, yeah. you know, we they're, they're very good and we have a hard time getting any business from them. Yeah, I mean, there's... So in, in our space, like Compass is going to compete with Airmark and Sodexo, right? And so we certainly, within Canteen, do that too. We compete with a lot of regional players. There's some big ones out there, but it's really the local. Um, in LA, it's, it's the ones that are based in LA, you know, where you live. And yep. there, I don't even know how many there could be there, but I would guess 30 to 40, yeah. um, you know, in, in that area. So th- that's really who we compete with on a local level. And then on a national level, it's going to be more of the air marks and, and SEDXOs. Yeah, that makes sense. I, if, in my line of work, I'm a food service broker. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm here in California, Nevada, and Hawaii. Those are the states that we cover. And our, you know, our comp- competition is those large national companies. And then, yeah, you have yeah. regional companies uh, like myself who cover multi-market. And then you have your local brokers who are just SoCal-based or just Hawaii-based. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're strong. You know, They have their they roots are. ingrained in those markets. They're nimble, very nimble. Exactly. You mentioned regulations. What are some of the different regulations that you have to consider when doing mm-hmm. your job? There's lots of licensing with the different uh, machines and things like that, and how each, like for micro markets, for example, um, some municipalities may look at that as a type of restaurant, which is going to have very different licensing and health requirements. So, a lot around food safety uh, is a big one. Uh, when we are working with certain clients that that want healthy regulations that are in the schools, we're going to have to deal with that. Yeah. So it really kind of spans every every part of the the industry. Credit card fees, probably a big one. Yeah, <laughs> now too. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. And then yeah. when it when it comes to your people and talent talent development, do you guys have systems and processes in place to have somebody come in? You know, I I spent this morning going to get a passport. I was mentioning that before we started. <laughs> yes. And I noticed the the clerk that I was working with, she was new to the company and she was being trained by others. And you can tell they had like a pretty well-established uh, system in place to train new people. Yeah. So we, we definitely have an onboarding process. Um, we have a, a very robust HR department and talent acquisition group. Uh, as well as trainers out there that, that bring them on. Certainly in our line, when you're, you know, there's different levels, right? We got folks in the warehouse, we got folks on a truck, uh, we got folks that are going to be managers, uh, and so on and so on. And so it's different types of training, but we, I, I think we have a pretty robust training sure. um, and background check process in place. And then, of course, it's all about succession planning once we get them on board. What we have found in the food service industry, turnover is high. It, wow. it, it, it is, it's pretty high. What we have found and what we really focus in on are the first six months of an associate's experience. If we can get them past six months, the, the odds of them staying a lot longer are much higher. Uh, most of our turnover is, is uh, within the first six months. And that's interesting. You got to get mm-hmm. them in for six months. And then you, you find from there, they could stay maybe their whole career or for at least another year or so. We have a lot of associates. I mean, myself, I've been with you know Canteen Compass for 25 years. We have folks that have been here 50 years. Um, so we wow. have a big mentoring program, a huge yeah. mentoring program. So we connect them with some of the folks that have been here longer um, that can that can teach them something along the way sure. and their their um, you know work experiences. 
Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to manage that many people, yeah, the turnover is going to be huge. You have to right. you know, be on your toes at all times to be able to replace exactly. people constantly. And yeah. retention is a big, a big part of that. And I, I would imagine during COVID, that was difficult to get people to come back as you eased out. Very. It, it was. And so if you look at you know, across the industry, right? I mean, a lot of the, a third of, of everyone's associates were probably new. Yeah, um, we were fortunate enough to get a lot of folks that we furloughed back, but not all of them, because um, they found something else, or, or maybe they had a change of heart. Uh, so we had some training issues along the way um, sure. with that, but we've come out really strong. Um, re- really, really proud of the organization on how we've um, come out of it, and I would say the industry's rebounded pretty good too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, how does your role play a part in the company's overall strategy? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm part of creating that strategy, right? And sure. So I work closely with with our CEO, and then we actually have a chief strategy officer. Okay. Uh, in, chief innovation and strategy officer, I should say. So he focuses on all the innovation, and, and we talk daily. I'm a I'm a listener and learner, so for me, one of the reasons I travel a lot, I think some of the best ideas come from the field and from mm-hmm. our associates, and so I'm constantly looking at them and soliciting them for ideas. And things that we should do and do better. Yeah, and because you're managing such a large company, when it comes to reviewing, you know, strategy and what your plans, do you look at it on a quarterly, yearly basis? How does that look? When you say my plan, what do you mean? Like, like our company? Yeah, your so, company. Yeah, so we do um, budgets every year. We're publicly traded, right? So we do yep. budgets. We have budgets. Uh, that is a about a three month process every year. And during that is canteen is broken up into six geographic divisions. Okay. Each one is managed by a division president that reports to me. And so we work with them on developing the strategy specific to their division. Cause while the industry has a lot of similarities and things like that, New York city is going to be very different than Southern mm-hmm. California, right? In terms of the client base, uh, in terms of some of the business lines that are there. So the strategy there might look a little bit different than the strategy in Southern California. And so, I like to look at things three years out, right? Like we're focused on, when we do the budget, we focus on now, of course, but we always want to keep an eye on the future in three years because in today's terms, that's really not that far. Also, I didn't bring this up earlier. Canteen also has a franchise network that is very large. Um, I would say the managed volume with that might be two and a half billion. There's about 120 franchisees across the country in areas where we're not. How does that look? The franchisee model—that's <laughs> got to be <laughs> as a layer of complication so we, in there. Yeah, we have a president that does an incredible job managing that and acts as a liaison between them and us. Our franchise uh, network's a little bit different. It's not like a subway franchise where we give you the playbook and say, "Hey, go." Right. Um, we have no ownership in it or anything like that. It's it's more of a, a type of partnership. I won't get too much into the details on on yeah. on that, but yeah. Um, it's more of a partnership, but these are entrepreneurs. Wow. And entrepreneurs are a lot of, they're great at ideas, right? We're pretty good at Cantina come out with processes like mm-hmm. the corporate stuff, right? Uh, they're very good at, hey, have you guys ever thought about doing this? And we're like, yeah, it's a great idea. We should, we should try this. So I would venture to say a lot of our really good ideas come out of the franchise community. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, that I, I did not realize that was a division of Canteen. Yep. For you, I would imagine there's probably 
KPIs or key performance indicators that you have to look at on an ongoing basis, what would some of those be? Well, there'd be a, a lot. I mean, we're always top line driven. You got to really, it's bottom line, but you got to sure. have the top line. So you're going to have, we do a lot of KPIs around service, speed of service, right? So from the time you make a call to the time we fix a machine, if it's broken or something like that, or maybe we have out of profit, out of a product. So we have a lot of um, metrics around that. We have KPIs around innovation. How many times are we going to introduce innovation to our clients each quarter? Um, we have KPIs on um, our managers going out and visiting accounts. If you can measure it, it's going to be a KPI pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, what do they say? Like what gets measured gets done or something like That's that. That's right. Yeah. Very interesting to keep all that in place. I would imagine you probably have with that very robust technology uh, and systems in place to be able to track everything. We do. Yes, we have, we have quite a bit. And it's evolving, it's growing, it's getting better. Um, with each passing, uh, th that's where Compass comes in. Yeah. We we use Compass, and, we, and you know, Canteen has their own too. But in order to integrate within Compass, we need their support and their help sure. uh, there. So yeah, we have a lot of systems, and that comes from acquiring a lot of different companies, and so we have to bring them over into ours, uh, so on and so on. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on the horizon in, in that area. Yeah, that's awesome. What about for people who one day would want to be a COO of a company? What advice would you give to them? Listen, learn as much as you possibly can. And when I say listen, I mean, don't hear things, right? Right. Um, to, to, to really listen to folks and, and be empathetic towards them. I think that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You, you need to go find rooms where you're not the smartest person, and, mm -hmm. and that's that's okay. Um, and that means placing your ego uh, somewhere else. <laughs> yes, uh, there. And I would I would say to find a mentor uh, that believes in you that can help you. But I also look at folks, either within the company or not, that you kind of admire and 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 kind of look at the things and learn the things that they do uh, from time to time. I would also plug for the finance folks. Uh, I, I would say a lot of operators, you know, coming up, mm -hmm. one of their weaknesses is probably the financials. So I would learn as much as I could in that area as well, because we're all driven, whether it's cash flow or whether it's bottom line or whatever the, the, the goal is, it's going to be a financial goal in the end, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to be able to not necessarily speak fluent accounting, but you need to be able to sit at a table and, and talk to them um, intelligently with that. So I think the other thing I would say is, there's so much negativity out there right now, right? I, mm -hmm. I just think that when I look at our company or other companies, the ones that are positive, like a lot of positivity, you don't hear them say a lot of negative things, then they get, they're likable. So likability, I think is actually a, a big deal. In today's day and age, 10, 10 to 15 years ago, maybe not. It was all yeah. about just delivering the financials. Uh, today's different. Uh, I think that likability is a massive factor. And then you have the ability to bring people together. Yeah. And those are some of the traits, I think. But as far as doing, it's the listening, it's the learning, it's the seeking out those things. And and again, it's like I told you earlier, I, I never in my career ever said, I want to be the COO. Um, it's easy for me to say, I get that uh, right now. It's very easy for me to say that. But I think it's just always about moving forward. Just always wanting to do better when you get comfortable. I would also say that give yourself stretch assignments, right? Like yeah. you don't, in order to move to the next step, you don't need to be 100% ready for that step. 70 to 80%. And if it, if it feels comfortable, then you're in the wrong spot. You need to feel a little bit uncomfortable 
that should feel uncomfortable. And then that makes it fun. At least yeah. it does for me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's you know, it's taking those risks on yourself. And I, I like what you said too, even even if you're 70 to 80% of the way, just get out there and do it and you'll yeah. learn as you move along. That's really important. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And then what about when you look back on your career? Is there anything in your journey that you would have done differently? Oof. That's a tough question. Um, done differently. I, I'm not one to really look back. I've made mistakes. Yeah. There's no question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has put a lot... Uh, like I said earlier, it's, it, it is personal, right? Like You sacrifice a lot. And the organization sacrificed a lot for myself as well. Um, it's a two-way street. Uh, the same would you think different. I'm I'm struggling to 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 find what that may be. I mean, I could think of certain decisions I would have made differently that that came back to haunt me. And and those things are, you know, those decisions are probably around maybe reacting too quickly. And I get in my role now that you have to act quickly. You got to make decisions quickly. Yeah. Just you just have to. I think sometimes we try to prove things right when we we know in our instinct that it's not going to work. And right. so probably if I reduce things. In the past, differently, it was to, it was to stop focusing so much time on things that aren't going to work, and and to move towards things that we know are going to work or something different. Yeah. We are certainly in customer service business and the food business. Yes is our favorite word. We're always going to say yes. We're we're not in the no business, and um, I'm not advocating saying no because I, I've said it to you just now more times than I've said it the last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we can always find a way to do it. And it might not be the path we're going down now or the the process we're going down now, but maybe there's a slightly different way that they can accomplish the same goal. Got it. Got it. I, I'm reading this book now by uh, I don't know, I don't know if you're familiar with Tillman Fertita. He's the CEO of Landry's and he's mm. all about customer service. And he talks about in his restaurants, you know, always say yes to the, you know, mm -hmm. to the customer. And even if it's something you can't do, you know, either figure it out or politely tell right. them, you know, here's maybe a different option or a different way you can go about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, as much as I travel, I see those examples and learn from them. Yeah. Whether I'm staying at hotels or I go out to, to dinner or, or flying is probably a big one where it lacks a little. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Mm. What about looking into the future? What are some things that you still want to accomplish that you haven't yet? You know, for me, um, I like to think I'm still young and hungry, and yeah. I am uh, young and hungry. Uh, I, I just want to continually make our organization better than it was yesterday, right? It's like what your parents probably always told you: you make, mm -hmm. make, make, leave it better than you found it. And that's right. and that's the the very simple goal is to, to I want to make sure that. I leave Canteen and Compass better than I found it. And um, there's a thousand different ways and probably another podcast on how, what we can talk about there. Yep. But but that's kind of really the ultimate goal. I, I do love what I do. I really do. And it's because of the people that we have um, first in the organization, but also in the industry very much. And I love the fact that, you know, at Canteen and in our business, you we touch every other industry as well. I mean, I've been in some pretty cool accounts, and it, it, it's you kind of you get to be pretty good at Jeopardy when you uh, work for us because you see a lot of uh, different uh, customers and clients and experiences, and it's pretty cool. Sure, that makes sense. On the topic of clients, do you ever? Mm -hmm. I would imagine you at, at times lose clients as well. Mm -hmm. We do. Yep, we, we have a pretty good retention rate. We're uh, ninety-eight plus percent uh, retention. 
And that's changed over the years. I would say, you know, and I'm not talking about the pandemic, obviously the retention went, yeah. went way down. That's that's we don't want to measure that. But before that, I would say when I first started, 92 to 95% was considered excellent. Uh, but we, and I like to think I was part of it, we changed those expectations. We, we should take losing business you know, pretty personal. And so I'm really happy to say that we're at 98 plus percent. When we do lose business, we want to stay close to that, uh, to that client the best we can um, in hopes that you know, sometime in the future, maybe they give us another chance. Yeah, but it's it's usually in service. It, you know, service is always going to be why you're going to lose business. There's other reasons too, of course. There's financial, there's relationship. There's there's fifty different reasons, but I would say that service is going to be number one. Yeah, that makes sense. But to, on your companies, you know, such the scale that you're at to go from ninety two to ninety five percent up to ninety eight percent and above, that's probably hundreds of millions of dollars you can retain. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's how you grow. Them. You you can't grow if you don't retain. Sure. Right. So that that's just, I know it sounds silly because you're thinking of it as a straight line, right? If you retain all the business, but we're trying to build on top of it. Um, and so if we're going back, if our organically going backwards, then our sales folks have to work twice as hard. Our operators have to work twice as hard. You're transitioning business. And then it's a, it's a spiral that, that I don't want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. When, when my dad and I, when we first started our company, because we own it uh, together, mm-hmm. I, I called it a leaky bucket. We bring in a client yeah. and then you lose one like constantly. It's like, I'm just running in place here. And then you, eventually right. you're like, I got to stop. I, I got to start fixing my bucket here so that the water is not leaking out of it. Yeah. And you, and you focus on all of those customers. And like, again, like I said, it comes back to service and fundamentals of the business. We can, as innovative as, as we are and as growth minded as we are, part of my job too is we cannot lose focus of the fundamentals. That's yeah. really what what gets us to to keep business and get business. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, Porter, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time to come on, share your story. I really enjoyed our conversation. I learned a lot about you and mm-hmm. a, a lot about Canteen that I didn't even realize. So, thank you. Great. Yeah. No, thank you very much for having me. I really, really enjoyed my time with you, Nick. And next time I'm in SoCal, I'll give you a shout. Yeah, please do. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. We'd love to have you over or go get some lunch or dinner or whatever yeah, it may absolutely. be. Absolutely. Awesome. Very good. I appreciate it, Nick. Thanks, Porter.